You are listening to the Fuente Network. All right. Um, bienvenidos a todos. Welcome to Migrants on Air and Immigration Podcast. My name is Carlos Alberto, and I am here with my co-host, Karina Dominguez. Karina, ¿cómo estás? Hi everyone, estoy bien, a little bit sick, I'm going to be coughing a lot on this episode, but a lot of bittersweet moments, that, not moments, a lot of bittersweet feelings that are going through through my body right now. Yeah, and I think um, we haven't said anything or announced anything, but um, officially as of right now, Karina and I are transitioning out of being the co-hosts for Migrants on Air. Um, so it does feel very bittersweet. I think um, specifically for this episode, no guests, no external people. We just really wanted to sit down with everyone and kind of talk about how our, our lives have changed throughout the making of Migrants on Air, how we've developed as people and how kind of we've seen the movement develop over the last two years because Karina has been two years <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. I was looking at our first episode and I'm like, wow, that was 2021. Like, who would have thought we would be here <laughs> two years later with no paper still? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I'm still on DACA. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I think um, I'm going to be completely honest. I remember that first episode and I think that was around the time where uh, they were talking about immigration registry, right? Or no, um, parole, parole, I had it. Yeah. There was a big push in the house for parole and people were very hopeful that it was going to pass. The resultado, we're still here two years later, <laughs> sin parole, yeah. sin permisos, y sin pues ayuda inmigratoria. So I think mm -hmm. as I reflect on the last like two years and the making of the episodes and kind of where we are right now, um, it does feel a little like, I don't know, immigration reform as an idea is on the back burner to yeah. other things. That doesn't mean don't be hopeful or don't keep working towards that goal. But I do think over the last two years, we've kind of seen a, a downward trend in the interest of like politicians and even the White House in kind of alleviating our situations through immigration reform. Um, mm -hmm. And it's been kind of a, a sad trend, but I know people are still out there working towards I guess, like fighting for all 11 million. Yeah, I think when we started, there was a lot of immigration on the news. There were like, okay, maybe this is a path towards immigration reform. And if that didn't work, there was another thing. And there was a lot of mobilization in D.C. You and Danny went to D.C. to go hear from folks and just protest there. And now it does feel like we don't really hear much of us like of a solution, I think what has been in conversation obviously like has been DACA like all the back and forth but other than that not really any solutions um and it's crazy that you know we were what 20 22 little old Karina and Carlos <laughs> having those conversations yeah, so. of like oh do you think it's gonna happen and we're like oh probably not but there's still that like little slight hope that it would but yeah it's it's been crazy yeah, and I think over the last two years, I, I believe this is like, igual contigo, Karina, like my own internal development has reflected, I guess, like what we've, I guess, produced through episodes. Like in the beginning, I think we were very focused on like immigration reform, like policy, mm -hmm. like ensuring that the current political pushes for immigration reform were talked about and understood. But, you know, as 
the two years went by and we saw less and less, I guess, like political momentum uh, for our own cause. I think we really started to kind of develop a better early goal. We started to develop, I guess, more of a trend towards talking about things that brought us joy or topics mm -hmm. that let us like follow our, our own liberation outside of immigration reform. So things like being able to travel, being able to go to school, being able to, I guess, enjoy the full human experience, even though we are kind of bound by state policies. Um, yeah. And I think that's a very important trend to mention because really at the end of the day, like outside of immigration reform and outside of, you know, citizenship for all, like we still have to enjoy and live our lives as human beings because even though we're like bound by, by like national laws and boundary lines, like we still have to live a life. Um, and I think that's what mm -hmm. we developed into for the podcast. Like it's just a bunch of undocumented folks living their life and experiencing joy as a form of liberation and as a form of resistance. Yeah. And looking back at our last episode, the traveling while undocumented, and then going back to like one of our first, which was again, like that trip that you and Danny went to DC for. I remember yeah. I got invited on that trip, but I had never flown and it was scary. And not a lot of people were talking about flying, uh, while being completely undocumented at that time. So I remember, you know, telling like Fuertes EDs, oh yeah, I don't think I want to go. Like, I don't want to risk it. Now looking back, I'm like, damn, I should have taken that trip. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy seeing the difference. And I think even though like at a federal level, you know, we didn't have those wins. Again, looking at the episodes we did, with Prop 308. Folks in yeah. Arizona now have access to in-state tuition, um, access to state aid. So maybe a lot of the mobilization is not happening federally anymore, but it is definitely happening like, you know, at the state levels. And California has also had big major wins over these past two years. Nevada with the passing of the, what was it, professional licenses. I don't know if that was within yeah. the two years, but it's pretty recent too. So Definitely, there's still like some progress being made, which is just really good to see. And, you know, that keeps the the hope there that eventually we'll get to that point where there's immigration reform for all of us and a big change in the system. Yeah, no, I entiendo completamente. Like, I think my, my biggest point, too, uh, looking at all the episodes and all the things that we've done, I think it reminds me that, like, you know, politicians aren't the saving grace. I think the community will be the saving grace because at the end of the day, like the people that push those local policy changes are community members. Like it's a lot easier for community to influence local politics than it is to, you know, go to Washington DC and influence senators and representatives. So I think all the little state wins really show that people are still active in like their local communities and they're still pushing. And I think one of the big ones that I've seen recently was from the UC system, the University of California system that they put out a legal analysis and like a big memo from their board of regents saying that undocumented folks could work on college campuses without like immigration status because of some loopholes in the IRA IRA law, employment law, but that it was legally possible. And that was a push by undocumented like UC students. Mm -hmm. So people are still fighting, even though we don't see like a big push federally for immigration reform, like people are still, you know, doing their thing and making sure that at the local level and at the state level, we all have our, our rights protected. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have the, this huge 
list of episodes in front of us and hopefully if you're listening you've listened to all of them if not you can go back (laughs) but I did want to ask you Carlos from this list which ones do you think have been like your top three favorite or the conversations that have really stuck to you throughout these two years? Oh, I think for me, um, honestly, my, my favorite ones have always been, when I think about the two years, uh, my favorite ones have always been in the middle of those two years. Like, I really enjoyed the binationalism episode we did with Victoria, talking about the, the ideas of living in the borderlands and then also cultural assimilation and topics such as that but i also really really love docu-joy with alejandra mostly because of that trend that you know throughout the episodes or we started focusing less on federal policy and kind of these big systems and started focusing on you know how our communities feel joy like how are we able to continue living under an oppressive system and making it as and making sure that we're as okay as possible. So I think joy for me was really, really important, especially with the idea that like, you know, experiencing joy is in itself very revolutionary, especially when you're in a system that is trying to do all it can to remove that joy. So that one was super important for me. And also the episode with uh, Brianna Vasquez, Life Before and After Naturalization, I think. And I still have a lot of conversations with her on on those topics, but I think for me, that one really exemplified that a lot of our community's wins are very recent, especially talking to someone that grew up before, you know, like state aid was a thing or before um, people were able to get driver's license licenses. It makes me think how far we've come over the last 10, 15, 20 years and how much more we could go in the next 15. So I think those were, I think, the, the my top three, like out of all of the episodes we've done, I think those are the ones that I think I've I've gone back and listened to because I think those conversations just hold so much value personally to me and to the things that I value. Well, what about you, Karina? Oh, it's hard. I think maybe not my favorite episodes, but I think the conversation is still really like present to this day. And I think my understanding of it has evolved are the streamer narrative episodes. I remember we started those because of the mini documentary that we created. I'm just talking about like why we should be rejecting the dreamer narrative. We even got to go to Vegas, which actually that one might be one of my favorite episodes, the episode we did with Rico Campo, just because we got to hear for the first time uh, stories from another state that was in Arizona, even though we're so close to them, like just seeing the the work that they have been able to do and the strategies that they use to get there. But I think during that time, I think I had like a an understanding of why we needed to reject the dreamer narrative and the negative consequences like I was seeing in my life or in the, the life of like those around us. But as time has gone by, I think I have talked about it more in like my other job and just how the dreamer narrative really is like pretty much like white supremacy and there's all of these systems that are tied to it so I think when it comes to explaining it now to other folks that might still be attached to that idea I feel like I have better reasonings for why and yeah I think just overall that idea has evolved and hopefully you know as the years go by I can keep learning more about it as well I think my second Oh, this is so hard, but maybe the Prop 308 conversations with Gloria, the artist that had an installation at the Phoenix Art Museum, 
That was really good. You're right. Yeah. I am so sad I never got to go see it, but I saw all the pictures and it was just so amazing that because we talked to her before Prop 3, it was passed. So just the meaning of it after it passed, it was like an amazing feeling. And the generational conversation we also had with people um, who had been present or like were in high school or in college when Prop 300 passed. And then talking to Sarai, which was like, I think, a current high school student who, you know, was going into college knowing that she didn't qualify. But now that it passed her first year, like, you know, she was able to get into tuition. So I just really liked seeing that generational, like how Prop 300 affected all of these generations of students. And then now it's just like something happy to look at because Prop 308 passed. I think if it wouldn't have passed, it would not be one of my favorite episodes today. (laughs) And then my last one, I think it's probably in between being DocuJoy with Ale, just because I, I liked what you said that that really like created a shift in our conversations that we were having with the rest of our guests. But the traveling well and documented with Gabriel was also super cool just because, you know, we knew him from TikTok. We didn't have any like personal connection with him. But then after him, like talking to us, he was just so cool. And the fact that he lives in Arizona. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was just really nice. So hopefully we're able to, you know, meet him in person soon. But one thing that I also realized after all these episodes is that there are so many people from Michoacán. <laughs> I think Gabriel, uh, Maggie from Michoacán. I don't know who else yeah, was my... from Michoacán. That oh, we I loved her, but... her episode too. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> You're like, how could I forget? <laughs> how could I forget Maggie's episode? Yeah. But yeah, I think all of these episodes were honestly so great. I remember when you and Danny did the first episode of the No More Excuses. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't in that episode yet because I was like, no, guys, you can do it. I'll be the researcher. <laughs> but I remember we were at the studio and I was like, wow, this is a really good episode. Like, I wish I would have been there to like give my opinion and like be a part of the conversation. And yeah, all of the episodes since then. I've just loved them. I hope people have been listening and like they lo- that they loved them too. Yeah, no, definitely. I think going back a little bit to like what you were saying earlier, like looking back on the whole list of episodes and all the topics, um, I'm also reminded that like we also like personally developed throughout like these mm-hmm. two years, like we um these episodes don't exist like in a vacuum so it's like they reflect like our own personal development and i think definitely like in the development of how i think about the world and how i think about being undocumented like it really became over the two years like super complex because i started thinking like a lot of the movements that we're seeing especially like with black lives matter and then now with like everything going on in palestine definitely after the two years like my personal development is to a point where like a lot of the things we see like are so interconnected and my understanding of a bunch of these issues is just so much deeper and more complex because I've been able to throughout these two years kind of see how everything is interconnected and how almost everyone's or the old, everyone's oppression is just linked because I mean I think the people that bind us and the people that oppress us like wear many faces but I think at the end of the day like if you think about it like a jail like our warden is the same but they just seems like it's different, like different jailers, but it's not like the same technology that's used at the U.S.-Mexico border 
is used in Palestine, like to to kill and oppress people. And it's also used in Central America and also used in South America. Like there's just these systems of, you know, white supremacy and these systems of oppression that are so interlinked. And I really value as the years went on our own personal development and how we saw and talked about these issues, because I think it's also important to, you know, stand with other people, because at the end of the day, like their freedom is as much of an interest to us as our freedom is to them. Yeah. And I think as we did these episodes, we're also making like a lot of the connections. Like I remember, I'm not sure which one it was, but it was an episode on asylum. And then we connected that to like, you know, climate justice and like people who are climate refugees. Um, and then border militarization when they do try to seek that refuge. So a lot of our episodes connected as we talk to different people. And yeah, we just have a big web of connections here. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think the diversity and like the people we had too, like we've had professors, teachers, community organizers, parents, health advocates. We had climate advocates we had legal aid workers just mm -hmm. the breadth of individuals I think we had on and who we were able to learn from like I think is the most shocking thing for me like we really like talked to so many people and got so many different types of inputs and perspectives like mm -hmm. I think in the beginning I, I don't think I would have imagined like talking to so many different types of people under the same like umbrella or under the same show because we literally went from just speaking within each other to talking to a professor, to talking to a movement faith organizer, to talking to a teacher, to mental health advocacy, to climate justice folks, to even like personal experiences from someone who lives in El Paso, like just yeah. the breadth of individuals we've had on and kind of like the network it created for, for me, like is, se siente bonito, like um, mm -hmm. it's the, the, the best way I can describe it, like se, se siente bien bonito saber que tuvimos a tantas personas integradas en el proyecto y que a lo menos tocamos tantas vidas con, con el show. Mm -hmm. Sí, I think we still have so many places to go to try out their foods because yeah. I think we made food plans with everybody <laughs> that jumped on. <laughs> Literally everyone um, on this list. <laughs> all right, we'll be there. <laughs> so hopefully like, you know, you can, you all can see us in the future with pictures with these folks and trying out all the, yeah. the different food. But I think, you know, the way that we're talking about it, it makes it seem like migrants on air is over. And we really hope it's not. We do want to, you know, see if we can get other co-hosts to do the next season, which would be season four next year. And just bringing like a fresh ideas and just different viewpoints maybe like folks who have lived in different states or whatnot but yeah this is hopefully not the end of migrants on air but the reason why carlos and i you know are stepping down is because our lives are just going in a different direction right now i'll speak for myself i i think when i started migrants on air which used to be what even was the name of our podcast we are home, Arizona. <laughs> we are home, Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. That used to be the name of our podcast before. Um, when I started it, I was doing part-time at Fuerte and part-time at Scholarships AC. Now I'm going to be full-time at Scholarships AC. So, you know, there will, I won't really have as much time to, to do the, the podcast. So 
throughout these two years. That's why, you know, I want to make sure that somebody else has the opportunity to also jump on and they'll have a, a different network than we do. So they'll be able to bring in different guests and different conversations. Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit of like where you were at in 2021, Carlos, and then why you're also, we're also saying bye to migrants on air? <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, it's so bittersweet. Um, I think in when we first started, I was just coming out of university. I was doing legal aid work. So I was working with asylum seekers and going the legal route. As my politics developed and as I developed too, like I took a different direction and um, necessarily still work within the same ideas, but not necessarily through the law. I'm more into like abolition and different things versus you know like trying to find remedies to our situations through uh legal statutes but first off like uh i moved to washington <laughs> the state of washington so even physically like i'm in a different space than i was when we first started very grateful that i was able to continue but second off started my phd program so i think for me that was the the biggest factor in the bittersweet uh goodbye that i had to make to migrants on air now i'm focusing on Domestic migrant rights, still kind of the same thing, but with an abolition lens is my research and working with kind of the state laws in, in Washington. So just in a different place physically, but also like I'm trying to get my PhD. So also trying to do that while balancing everything else. But at the end of the day, I think I carry a lot of the lessons that we learned here into my work. And I'll always hold like a really special place in my heart, like to all the memories we made, like on the show and even like when we would travel to different cities, all the memories we made in different cities. Like I have this like specific memory of Karina and I literally like we rented like a house with a trampoline um, in Vegas when we were doing the episode with, with Rico. That was the, the Dreamer narrative episode. And we we're literally just in the back singing like old like Mexican music, like Oreja de Van Gogh. Like it, just I think the memories surrounding the mm -hmm. show are just so like beautiful and I'll always love them so much. Like I'm sad I'm in a different place and I'm sad that, you know, life goes on and yeah. life takes us in different places. But I'm so grateful and feliz que tuvimos la oportunidad de, pues, de estar aquí con ustedes y pues, nosotros dos, like, de poder este, dar nuestra voz a, a, a la comunidad. Hmm. Why did I know you were going to say <laughs> the trampoline? Wow. Dude, like, I oh, love that memory. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the singing of Rosas con el acento español. <laughs> con el acento español. Es que, tío, pues no puedes hacer nada. <laughs> But yeah, that um, was a super fun trip. And um, it was just really cool connecting with all the folks in Vegas and being able to explore the city and also kind of from, like, a local um perspective. Like, we hung out with some locals and... Yeah. didn't just stay on the strip so that was really cool but yeah i think now we'll be migrants on air listeners not co-hosts <laughs> um so we really hope like you know whoever joins um as the next co-host can have all these amazing experiences and they're able to meet as many people as we did and yeah just continue this hopefully for many seasons to come yeah no definitely i think the space it creates and our ability to talk to different people and just have different types of people on, I think is really special. And I hope the network of people who have been invited on and people who have worked on the project continues to grow because it's been a really, really beautiful project. And I'm just so happy to have been here with you. Me too, friend. This was such fun time. I know. I don't want to end it. <laughs> <laughs>
Y digo, al, al fin del día, like, mil gracias a todos que, que se integraron a, a escuchar y uh -huh. pues a oír nuestras voces. Y pues por siempre, y a ti Karina, perdón, este, por siempre eh, estar aquí conmigo y digo, trabajando en este proyecto juntos, uh, te lo agradezco mucho. Thank you, friend. Yeah, I think I'm also super grateful for this. You know, after we graduated, I think we lost contact or didn't talk to as many people that we graduated with anymore. So I'm really yeah. glad that after now it's been what, like three years since we graduated, we were able to, you For know, real. continue to have this project together and like just continue our friendship. And yeah, it was just so amazing. I don't think, you know, I could have done this with anyone but you. But yeah, I'm really excited for what's to come for both of us. And next time that I visit Seattle, hopefully you'll be there. We'll be able to go out <laughs> and yes, just make new experiences, new memories. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. extremely grateful. And I remember even when you like hit me up for like the idea for this, I was super excited because Karina literally just texted me and, and said, <laughs> Hey, would you be down to host an immigration podcast? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> I remember um, um, they asked me, like, would you be down? I'm like, no, thank you. But maybe Carlos would be. <laughs> <laughs> Not, and you made an amazing like co-host, like could not have done it with anyone but <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I think also, you know, just shout out to Danny. We started yeah. with him as a co-host as well. But then, you know, he's now doing other work but he's still our editor so we also couldn't have done this without him so shout out to you danny for whenever you edit this but yeah we formed a really great team yeah and honestly like thank you to farta too for for giving us the the opportunity and back in the mm -hmm. beginning that we are home campaign like we've been part of so many different things it's been amazing to be part of so many different areas of the immigration movement mm. and as the show continues even without us i'm excited to see where it goes yes ah, well all right i think we'll have to end it <laughs> our last yeah. end credits but uh just to end off everything thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for joining both of us all right everyone that was our episode uh migrants on air is a fuerte network production in association with orona multimedia I want to formally thank everyone involved in the making of this episode. My co-host, Karina Dominguez. Graphics were also done by Karina Dominguez. And our theme song is Crazy Like That by Lo-Fi. And our production and editing were done by Danny Orona. Danny, mil gracias. Uh, follow us on Spotify for this and all other Fuerte content. Make sure to log on to Fuerte.org and sign up for our mailing list as well. If you'd like to stay in touch with us, meaning Karina and I, uh, you can actually follow us on Instagram at K-A-R-I-L-X-Z for Karina's Instagram. And for mine, it's at C.Y.N.A.V. And again, uh, thank you all so much for joining us and for staying with us over the, the last two years. Mil gracias y hasta la próxima. Bye, everyone. Bye, y'all.